We are here and back with another conversation with Brazen Financial Freedom. The holidays is upon us and it's time to see family we haven't seen in a long time. Some you're happy to see and some not so much. But the point is, they are family. And our guest here today is here to help us break down how to build generational wealth with your family. So today with us, we have the Wealth Twins, Nadia and Nicole, self-made millionaires from the YouTube channel Wealth Twins, where they share all types of financial knowledge that happen to help them also to become millionaires. But the title that we are most intrigued with is that they are both mothers. That's right. They are both mothers. And the information that they are sharing on YouTube is directly and indirectly helping their children. So let's get the holiday started. And it's also Financial Literacy Month in Canada. So that's special. Maybe I could get a guest from Canada to see how they do their Financial Literacy Month over there. But nevertheless, let's get this started in. Come on, Dad, stop playing around and play the music. Sheesh, tough crowd. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to have it all financially? Do well-off parents simply hand their children money? Or is there more to this wealth thing? Welcome to Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast. We are here to talk about everything you never knew to teach your children when it comes to starting their financial future. The principles behind wealth and methods that are out there to teach your child about personal financial freedom. There is no real trick to earning other than learning. We are here to discuss, teach, and grow with you. Raising Financial Freedom, the podcast, with your host and concerned parent, Eric Yard. Let us get right into today's show. Now, to build up generational wealth, this is something that you have to learn which the information is out there for free by reading and listening to shows like this, Raising Financial Freedom. Okay, no more corny plugs, but you get the point. Then most importantly is the desire, the motivation to do this. Do you have it or where can you find it? I would say two events happened very close to each other that definitely started changing our mindset. The first was that we lost a mother with a, she died from a heart attack. So it was something we weren't expecting. And with that, we became adults overnight, I would say. So that's one thing. Then two, we started working on Wall Street right before September 11th. And then September 11th happened. And we saw the whole world change, especially living in New York. And with that, layoffs came afterwards. And we saw people who are working with us who have been on a job for 30 years be asked to let go the next day. And you would see some of our workers, our co-workers that would say, I want to be laid off. And you had to start looking at them and think, what's going on here? We both work at the same company. Some of you are scared to be laid off and some of you aren't. And I think once we start looking at that, we realized it had to deal with their wealth. That was a difference, not where they were working, but how they were using their money. And I think that helped us change our minds. I think one of the things that stops parents from at least building generational wealth is that it's not taught to be passed down by generation to generation. A lot of people are living day to day and just trying to make ends meet now. So it's very hard for you to look down the line long term and see how can I do something to help my children? So that takes a bit of forethought and planning that you have to keep in mind what's happening now and what can happen in the future. And 
I think when you use the term generational, it's a little vague. So the way that Nicole and I like to define it is, if you think about building the net worth and the financial literacy of your family, that will help you build generational generations of wealth that can be passed down, if that makes sense. And there it goes, building the net worth of financial literacy in your family. I definitely like the sound of that. Now, as you hear that, you say to yourself, yeah, Eric, I heard about that and I'll do it someday. Maybe I'll make a plan about it and maybe I'll put something together to start that. But for right now, I'm kind of busy. And when should I start it anyway? You know, my little kid is young and I could always start later. So I have time. And when should I start really anyway? Yesterday. <laughs> if not yesterday, as soon as possible, right? Because if you break it down, like Nadia was saying, generational wealth is really about net worth. So you have to have a plan on how to build your net worth. And you can start that instantly by budgeting. If you lower your expenses, you can start increasing your net worth. If you figure out how to make some money, even outside, because net worth is not tied to your job. It's not about your paycheck. It's about what you do with your paycheck. So you can make that mindset change and you can do something about it immediately. Now we just talked about the what and the when. But now is to talk about the how. How can you actually get there? What are these actual steps into building net worth? And can this be done by working a regular nine to five job? One, I would say all our children actually have investments already. They all have securities in their name. That was something that we did not have. So that's definitely something we started very early on. If I would have known or if my family could have known and could have tried to have some type of custodial investment account when we were younger, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Also, all of our children are named as beneficiaries on all of our retirement accounts, too. That's something we didn't have back then either. Yeah, I think when you first get a job, everyone's setting up their health insurance and possibly your retirement accounts if your job offers it. And then they ask you who your beneficiary is. So a lot of times when you're starting a job, you're starting as a single person, right? But then when you have a life event, like you get married or you have children, a lot of people don't go back in and update that stuff. So it could be years down the line and you may have like, when I was younger, I had Nicole as my beneficiary, but through the years it changed to my husband and then it changed to changed to Nicole and my husband. And then it changed to my kids. So I think what people have to understand life changes and you have to be able to think forward and say, okay, if I'm no longer here, how can I protect the people I love? So you can either do that simply by setting up UTMA accounts, like a custodial account. You can set up something like trust or you can set up a will. I, I would also say when it comes to what our parents didn't do, when my mother, she actually had a pension. My father has a pension, but we don't have pensions. They were not given to us from when we first started working. And I think that's something our generation has to deal with that more people in our generation has to deal with that people in the previous generations did not. They didn't have to think about it. Yep. We have to think about retirement now when they didn't. I say shifting your mindset from buying liabilities to buying assets. Okay. Because when people think of wealth, they think of, okay, this is how much money I'm making at this point. But what are you doing with that money? Can you purchase something that's an asset that can live on after you and actually support your children and their children? Buying assets instead of liabilities, like instead of trying to buy a new car or buying something that's like temporary that will lose value quickly 
or taking out a huge loan or using credit cards? What can you use or buy that can be an asset that actually can serve the purpose of helping generations after you? I also think something you can do very early on. I know a lot of people think the first way to build wealth is to buy a house. That's not available to everyone. And especially in the time that we're in now where house prices are going increasingly higher and the supply is just not there to meet everyone who wants to buy a house. You could build wealth even if you're renting. And you can do that by choosing to spend less on rent and putting the money that you saved on that rent towards things that bring you some income, towards things that can grow in value, like investments. Yep. You can buy dividend stocks. Exactly. Like the stock market. You can immediately go out tomorrow and purchase stock for less than $5. And you can start building your net worth that way. And that's something everyone can do. So I know that was a lot to take in, but you say, Eric, just give me one, just one simple place to start. And then I'll come back and apply the rest of the methods I've just heard. I mean, in terms of building for net wealth and net worth and building for wealth, I believe index funds. They might not be the sexiest ones. They might not provide the biggest potential in terms of returns or gains, but they're safe, safer long-term investments that are meant to help build wealth. And the longer you stay in it, the more time it has to grow for you. And just to add to that, if you're taking an agent account, if you're young, you can dabble in stocks, but you should pick stocks that do pay dividends. So at least you're making some money off of it and not just anticipating the stock to go up. Now you can make excuses and say, well, you know, these women are millionaires and it's coming easy to them. But no, these women had to work hard for what they've got. And for a lot of us within our lifetime, a million dollars actually passed through our hands. So where does it start? It starts with tracking our net worth. Funny is that when you end up having a million in assets or whatever, cash value or so, I don't think it feels like you don't feel that comfortable still. I would say a million is not as much as people think it is. And it's not as hard to get it as people think it is. So I don't, how do I feel? I feel like we can do more. And I like Nicole and I are generally frugal people. So it's not, Oh, Hey, we got a couple of million. Let's go blow it. It's no, it's just there is doing what it needs to do. And it's working the way we need it to, but we're still on it. We're still grinding. We're still trying to make moves. Because truthfully, a million is not as what it used to be. I think it's a way to see how you're progressing. And I think a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people get a million dollars coming through their fingers through their lifetime. But then when you look at it on a day-to-day basis, you feel like you're making. So even if you're working at McDonald's, it's very easy for you to become a millionaire. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it is possible. There's a book called Flipping Burgers to Flipping Millions. It will tell you exactly that this guy started working at McDonald's and he became a millionaire. So tracking in net worth is a way of, hey, I may not be making a lot now, but these little changes and little steps I'm doing every day, they're adding to my net worth. I see my net worth growing and that's moving in a positive direction because you need to track things in order to see if whatever you're not tracking, you're not going to work on. So it's just if you want to lose weight, you can't say, oh, I want to lose weight and never track you. If you want to make money and you want to become a millionaire or improve your net worth, you have to start by tracking it, no matter how much you start making. I also think it keeps your eye on the prize. What is the reason why we want to increase our net worth? What is the reason why we want to increase our wealth in general? And there it is, the why. What is your why? We all have our reasons for attaining more wealth, but what is it? This is a question you must ask yourself. Always remembering money does not bring happiness. For me, it's to show other family members and specifically to guide my daughter with money. 
Now the Wealth Twins have kids of their own. I wonder how are they faring with that guidance? My oldest is almost 10 years old. And she's at that point where she's mistaking needs versus wants. I need a new dress. I need a new toy. I need a new thing. And I said, no, you want those things. You don't need them. Okay. So she doesn't quite understand the value of money. So I have to teach her what the value of money is and what she needs versus what she wants. And then I also have to teach her the value of time because money is still an abstract thing. They understand that you can buy stuff with it, but they don't understand what it can actually do for them, that tool aspect. So I try to link it to uh, my husband and I, the thing that we wish we had more when we were her age was time. And you only know that in hindsight. So I try to tackle it in the form of here's money, but here's how it's linked to your time. The more time you have, the more things you can do to keep you in that childlike state of being able to do whatever you want. But if you don't focus on that and you start becoming a consumer, you're going to lose both money and time. So I try to teach them in like the value of time, the value of money and how they're linked together in their life. I guess one of the frustrating things with, when I'm teaching my kids about money, my, my daughter's only eight and a half. And I've always been home with her because I had retired when she was born. So they never know me to not be around. But one of the things we work on is how to be grateful for what you have, because they think, oh, mommy has it. I'm going to get it. And it's no, you're not going to get it just because I have it to get to you. You have to learn to appreciate that we're fortunate enough to get you what you want, but I'm not going to give it to you just because I can. You have to be grateful for it and you have to work for it. So that's something that we're working on. Just how to be more grateful for the stuff that you have and not just think that it's entitled. a given. <laughs> it's entitlement. It's not a given. Awesome. My daughter last night, I had um made dinner, but they we had ate at a restaurant the other night and they didn't finish their food. And I had some leftover chicken that I had cooked the day before. So they had ramen. I put the chicken in the ramen. And then she looks at me, she's like, you're having steak. Why are we getting chicken and leftovers and you're getting steak? I'm like, first of all, I didn't get steak when I was your age. And second of all, you're going to get steak tomorrow night, but you're going to eat this because you need to finish your food from the day before. What is this? I really have a problem with privilege when working on that. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know what's a good portion of your parents may be saying, Eric, I am dead broke. I have no money and I'm actually working from the negative side of things. I have nothing to offer my children until I get back on the positive side of finances, which is untrue. I think the most important thing you can give your child or help your child acquire is a plan. Going to college is the sake of college and spending tons of money doing it does not help. If they go to school with a plan, they will be much better off. Even Barack Obama started off in community college. He had a plan. Then he went and transferred to you know, Columbia. He had a plan. Have a plan is more important than spending money. I think even if you don't have the money to offer, you could give them, you could include them in money conversations, okay? To show them, here's the decisions I'm making with the money I do have. And when I can put some money away, I will. But just including kids into the conversation if you're living paycheck to paycheck, because a lot of things are happening that are affecting them, but they don't know the reason why behind that. And I think that was an issue when we were growing up. We knew money was tight, but we didn't understand why. And you just like this lack of clarity around everything. It just it develops some kind of insecurities in children. But if you include them at an early age, let them know why you're struggling or what's going on. They'll be more than willing to help out or do what they can. I think we give we don't give credit to children as much as we should. I also think that even if you live in paycheck to paycheck, 
one thing that you can give your child is a library card. True. I can't stress it enough how much money is inside these books at the library, how much knowledge that is passed in these books that are free, and we don't use the library enough. And I, I also want to say to the parents, and I, I don't want this to sound harsh, but a lot of times it's not that you're not making enough money. You have to really take a look at your expenses too. Sometimes we assume well, I'm just not making enough. But if you actually sat down and look and see what am I spending my money on? Sometimes it could be that you're not making enough money, but it could also be that you're spending too much money. As you listen to what the Wealth Twins are telling you, a lot of the information that they already are saying has been said on their channel, their YouTube channel. And just like us here at Raising Financial Freedom, they put it together in a nice well package on YouTube. So before they left, I had to know why. Why were they doing this? First, I'd like to say thank you so much for that because we do make it a point to try to bring value to people. And we try to do our best when we're making our videos and producing any content that we do. So to see that it's appreciated, that means a lot to us. When it comes to the content that we put out, we're coming from a place of what would we would have liked to know 20 years ago. Or if we had a mentor who we were looking to help us financially, what are the words they could say to us that would have had the most impact? What road could they steer us down? So I think that's what guides all of our information when we do our content. Yeah, and when you look at our content, we make it a point to break down very complicated subjects in an easy-to-digest format. And that's mainly because we want people to have an access to information. And if we can be that access to people... That's what we want to be. Our main thing is to be that person you can look to for information that you're not in the habit of giving, getting in your everyday life from the people around you. Anyone who wants to hear more about this conversation, they can find us at wealthtwins.com or they can find our YouTube channel, which is under Wealth Twins. And our handles on Facebook and Instagram is the same, Wealth Twins. We also have a new course that's coming out. That's already out. We're about to relaunch it. And it's about teaching people how to invest. Even if you're a beginner or you have some experience in the stock market, how to invest, how to set up your portfolio and how to start generating passive income from that portfolio. Doing it on your own with no intimidation and very easy to use strategies. And if you want to contact us, you can contact us anytime that you want at contact at wealthtwins.com. And Eric, for your listeners, we would like them if they want. We have five ways for parents to invest for their children. And we would love to offer that as a free guide to your audience. And I would say it's wealthtwins.com backslash Eric Yard. Thank you very much for having us, Eric. It was a pleasure. We really appreciate speaking with you. Wow, what can I say? They even provided a free gift for you guys. During this episode, I found myself writing down a few things that they said and and also things that are on their channel that I watch actively today. Once again, it's on their channel for free. I just want to thank Nicole and Nadia one more time for coming on the show and having this discussion with us. What I've taken out of this discussion simple. There is nothing stopping you from doing this. A new year is upon us and what better time is it to start? Once again, as always, I would like for you to share with other parents and give a review on any player that you listen to this podcast on. That also would help. Until next time, stay safe. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Blazing Financial Freedom, the podcast. 
Stay connected with us directly through RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. You can also join the discussion on social media, which you can also find links on our website. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through info at RaisingFinancialFreedom.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other. 